Now that's what I call high quality a tool. I'm Scuba Sam, Scuba Steve's father. We eat the pig and then together we burn. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of the Billy Gilmore podcast, the podcast for the discerning Adam Sandler fan, the pod for the fan of the Sandman. I am your host, Wilson Smith, and joining me as always... Hi, this is Chris Giles. And Austin Colt. We're very excited to be with all of you tonight. We are going to be discussing... We, we're finally, you know, if, if those of you who have stuck with us, uh, you know, post... You know, you know, since the beginning, we are, of course, now past, you know, we've watched every Adam Sandler movie. We have delved into the Schneiderverse. We've explored all the nooks and crannies of that. And uh, the Bench Warmers, which was our previous episode, was sort of like passing of the baton from the Schneiderverse to uh, David Spade land. I never actually came up with a good like name or a funny, you know, witty joke for that. So um call a spade a spade i don't know the series name we're talking about david spade movies um and of course uh those of you who have listened to the podcast uh you know previously know that we've of course talked about david spade a lot in uh you know of course the grown-ups episodes and we you know reviewed both tommy boy and black sheep um but we are excited to get started with his solo career at happy madison tonight we're talking about joe dirt um yeah, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, had you seen Joe Dirt before this, before tonight? I remember renting it uh, with my dad, you know, circa 2001 or two. And in the years since, you know, probably once or twice or 20 times, who the hell knows, have caught it, you know, on Comedy Central reruns. Yeah, this is... Uh... I'm pretty sure I did not see this in theaters, but I got the DVD as soon as it was as soon as it was it was out. Um, I think I got it from a GameStop. Oh yeah, it, it, well, minor it was, detail. <laughs> it's a Sony movie, so it might have even had like the you know plays on the PlayStation Two like slapped on the on the box art, mm-hmm. um, which like those are er- like those early movie like from 2000 because it's early 2000. It's like a March 2001 release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I again, yeah, I had not seen this in theaters, but I did. I rented it as soon as it came out, um, and I I recall loving this movie, but I had not really until for this this show, I had not, you know, I had seen, I had revisited it, but like in bits and pieces, you know, seven seven either seven to eight or seventy to eighty times on Comedy Central over the years in college. Uh, and you know, in my twenties, where it's like, oh yeah, like Joe Dirt's on. I guess I'll watch like a couple of scenes here and there. Um, so it's a movie that I felt like you know I never really spent that much time away from. And then, like at the same time, watching it today, I was just like, oh right, like I, you know, like it was nice to kind of sit down and revisit this. Um, yeah, it was nice. Um, I don't think there's really any Adam Sandler news. Uh, you know, as far as our, as far, you know, usually we, we like to talk a little bit about like updates in Sandman land. Um, I don't, I, I can't recall anything since we last spoke for bench warmers. You guys got anything? Did we ever touch upon the passing of James Conn? Oh, did we? I think we might have missed that. I think we yeah. might have like, 
that. Yeah. So yes, of course, uh, you know, the sad, the, the passing, it was a couple of weeks ago now of James Caan, uh, you know, obviously Sandler squad member from Bulletproof and uh, that's my boy. It's, it's called Bulletproof, right? Yeah. Bulletproof and that's my boy. <laughs> Yeah. But even if Khan hadn't been in those films, I think it's something that we would still want to mention because over the years, uh, you know, in different interviews um, and, and at different points, Sandler has talked quite, you know, warmly and, and affectionately about J- James Khan's inspiration on him and his aspirations to be an actor and, and all that. And it seems like, like it's not a, like an obvious point of comparison that you might immediately think of, but it was very real and um, they got along well. And, you know, obviously Khan has a great turn and that's my boy. One of the many great reasons to watch that movie. Um, anyways, um, it definitely, um, uh, you know, was worth mentioning. And um, as you can imagine, um, after the news of Khan's passing, Sandler, you know, posted, a, you know, some lovely tributes and kind words about him on his social media. So check those out if you haven't seen them yet. If I'm not mistaken, I, I could be, I don't think I'm making this up, but I feel like I saw one of the Safdie brothers, maybe both of them jointly, like mentioning that like at one point over the years with their screenplay to Uncut Gems, like after Sandler had said no the first time, they were like, well, maybe there's a version of the movie where we could rewrite it and it's and it's James Caan. Oh, wow. So that was something they like considered. Um, and like you, you and but you talking about like, oh, it's not an obvious comparison between Sandler and Khan, but like that performance, like the idea that that could be played by Adam Sandler or James Khan, and you can sort of see it for both of them. It's like, oh, like that's like an interesting way of like, for me at least, like visualizing like the overlap between those two guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, and, poor James. And the, uh, The other thing that happened between our last show and this one, uh, I don't think we talked about it on that one, is the new movie that Adam Sandler is involved with. It might be starring in, which is the You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Uh, Oh, right. I don't, yeah. What what, what are the details on that? I don't remember. Uh, It it looks like it's currently filming. Um, There's images of him on the set, which I guess his wife is adina menzel wow that's yeah um but uh yeah it looks like it's filming right now um that's a that's about all the info i'm getting from daily mail (laughs) (laughs) sweet uh oh and it'll star his daughters so awesome that's right yes okay i remember that so it's going to be a family affair and he'll be paired with Adina again, which is great. Cause like, and like, obviously that's a, you know, kind of a sad contentious relationship as we see it in um, uncut gyms, but I really do love their energy together. It's a lot of fun. So that's cool that they're going to collaborate again. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Well, well, gentlemen, shall we shall we delve into the 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 plot of Joe Dirt? Shall we you know, <laughs> take this odyssey across America with David Spade? Uh, like the white trash Forrest Gump. Well, that's just Forrest Gump. Let, let, let's talk right. about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, Joe Dirt, directed by Denny Gordon, who, of course, you know, as we all know, as we all know, 
Uh, she went on to direct uh, What a Girl Wants, uh, the, uh, the Amanda Bynes movie, New York Minute, the uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie with Eugene Levy. Uh, she directed a lot of TV. Um, anyways, uh, she did, she, interestingly, she did not direct. We haven't even mentioned this yet. There's a sequel to this movie, and she did not direct that sequel. Um, but uh, I think this is her only Happy Madison movie. Anyways, um, movie opens. It's the Hollywood sign, and we're here in Sweet Home, Alabama. And immediately <laughs> I'm riding home because I'm from Alabama. Um, <laughs> so... Joe Dirt, what is what is this car that he has? Austin, do you know the model of it? Um, oh god, he he says it a bunch of time. It's like it's not a Hummer, but it's a. Uh, well, the, no, the other one Hemi. is the Hemi, uh, but like the one that he has, like the shitty beater with like the fins in the back. Oh um, yes, yeah. At the beginning, anyways, he's driving down the road. He's shirtless with a lanyard, like a radio station lanyard, and he pulls into this radio station and I believe it's uh, John Farley is the, uh, the security guard, one of Chris Farley's brothers, who's been in a bunch of, you know, these happy Madison movies. Um, and it's basically just like, like a lot of people in the, in this movie and other happy Madison movies, he's just like there to tell the main character what a piece of shit he is. Like, it's just like, he just exists to be like, fuck you, you suck. And I hate you. Um, and so he basically just says that to Joe Dirt and Joe Dirt like spins out and like, you know, creates a lot of smoke and, uh, he's a janitor at this, uh, radio station and he, uh, gets confronted by, you know, two, again, two other guys in the office who are just there to tell him like how much he sucks. And, uh, he does this little bit with his fists, uh, like, you know, like when Popeye would try to fight somebody and he'd be like, you know, put his fists up to fight someone. Um, but he, I remember... I always remember movies like this from their trailers, which like I have very good memories of trailers I saw when I was 12 years old. And I remember this being like, a, like I got a microphone right here. I got, a, I got a microphone. I got a backup mic right here. And they don't like feedback. Um, it was a great line. Um, you know, it, it healed America even pre 9-11. I definitely recall, I think this is probably in the trailer too. Um, the, the line that people would quote in school, I feel like the most from this or uh-huh. what I, I heard the most was, I can see Dan your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I had a roommate in uh, in college who, uh, <laughs> if we, like, you know, it's like if we were playing video games and trash talking or whatever or anything else, he would just be like, he, like out of nowhere. And, he, I, and I didn't remember where it was from the first time I heard it and he had to like explain it to me, but he would be like, I don't like your tone. How about I stab you in the face with a soldering iron? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what is that? He's like, it's Christopher Walken and, and Joe Dirt. Um, so anyways, uh, Joe works at this radio station. Um, you know, he, you know, these guys are assholes to him. Everyone hates him and thinks he sucks. Uh, and then the station, like the producer of this show, the, the, what's it? The Xander, Xander Kelly, uh, the Xander Kelly show. He's like, come talk to Xander. Like he needs some of your, you know, redneck white trash color. Uh, we haven't mentioned this is a podcast, so it should bear repeating. Jared has this like ridiculous mullet. Um, you know, if, if, if somehow you don't know what Joe Dirt looks like, he just has like this. I mean, it's it's resplendent. It's 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 sort of like the platonic idea of a mullet in my in my mind. And he's had it since a kid. I mean, it, it, it's not like a, he's grown this thing. It's it's literally a wig that they put on him to cover up 
uh, like what his skull didn't form correctly or so. So yeah, like he was born without the top part of his skull is his explanation for it. And he's like, I was born without the top part of my skull and then some of the brain was showing. And so they put a, a wig on me and then the, he says that the bones and stuff like grew over it to sort of make it permanent. But then like immediately after that, Dennis Miller is like asking him questions about like, why didn't you get a new wig when you were an adult or whatever? And it's just like, it doesn't sound like that's possible. <laughs> um, anyways, also it doesn't make sense that like the wig, like it's a wig, but it, like it grows. I mean, like obviously it's, 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 there's more hair on there when it's David Spade versus when it's the kid from Malcolm in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm really sorry to be poking holes in the logic of this movie. Um, I'll, we'll save that for the cinema sins video <laughs> of Joe Dirt. Um, so yeah, so basically Dennis Miller, um, everyone's favorite comedian in 2022, um, you know, he's basically just like making ma- making fun of Joe Dirt, you know, to his face, calling him like like his life pathetic and stuff. And Joe Dirt has the line, he's like, is that what you want to be when Jesus comes back? Making fun of poor little Joe Dirt? Um, and he's like, you know, my mom used to say that. Uh, and then it's like, oh, where's your mom? And he's just like, oh, well, you know, I got left at the Grand Canyon uh, when I was a kid. And I'm not sure exactly what the timeline is supposed to be on this movie. Like, I, I feel like it's another movie where David Spade is playing like 10 years younger than he actually is. Um, well, yeah, because like at some point he talks about being abandoned when he was eight. And then later on in the movie, he's reunited with his family and he's like, I go, I hope I don't see you for another 25 years. So like, he's supposed to be 34. He's supposed to be my age. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd buy it. Yeah, I mean, he's at least like 39 or 40 by the time they shoot this movie. Yeah, he's only 30, probably 36 when they shoot it. Really? Oh, wow. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I feel like an asshole now. <laughs> Sorry, David Spade. Um, <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, he gets left at the Grand Canyon. We see a flashback, and it's um, it's Eric Per Sullivan who played, I think, Dewey on Malcolm in the Middle. Yes. Um, and uh yeah and he's you know he's just little joe dirt running around sad that his parents aren't there um and so he gets put into the foster system the whole time he's telling this to dennis miller and like we're seeing that people are starting to listen like it's like joe dirt's story is almost starting to go viral like we see it's always like hot girls generally like listening to it but it's like it's like you know like sorority girls and nurses and stuff listening to uh joe dirt's story and his plight um but he goes in the foster care system uh, and uh, his I like the foster dad who takes him hunting. And then the, there's like the camera angle where he's just like, you shoot the duck and then he goes and gets the, gets it for you. And he's talking to the dog, not Joe dirt. Um, and that made me laugh. And it also reminded me of the joke in uh, funny people that Seth Rogen comes up for Adam Sandler, where it's just like, Oh, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, give me a beer not you the dog like not that like i don't know he, there's a there's a line like that in funny people um let's see <laughs> he gets he, he also gets put into the foster care system with this crazy lady who like lets her dog hump him um and then i guess he gets sent to like a what like a camp then yeah, my notes are my notes are very incomplete here yeah um let's see it's 
I mean, he's basically just moving on and in and around all these different places. Yeah, but he the, escapes uh, from some place. He escapes from like like a cabin or something. Anyways, um, we also sorry we also learned that he um, his facial hair grows naturally into white trash, like like you know white trash form. Like it doesn't like I don't know how to describe exactly his facial hair, but uh, it, it's basically like the parts of his face that are not that have no hair on them. It's not because he shaves; it's because he grows no hair there. Which again, I found like a pretty to be a pretty funny joke. Um, so, so yeah, he's he's a kid, uh, and then he he like I guess camps out in the wilderness for years until he turns into David Spade, um, you know. And then he 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 sees like a shooting star passing through the sky, and he's just like, oh, like I, you know, please, I want to learn more about my parents. He wishes on the shooting star. Turns out it's a meteorite. Um, I liked his. I like his enthusiasm. He's like, "Oh, you could you could have been in you could have been anywhere, but you want to be with me. I'm Joe Dirt, and you're Joe Meteorite." Um, and that just and that also like gets me to something that like I think is one of the, you know, I, this movie is definitely the most well regarded David. I think it's pretty safe to say the most well regarded David Spade like solo film in either the Happy Madison universe or like anywhere else, maybe outside of like The Emperor's New Groove. Right. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that is that uh, I think David Spade, as much as I find him fun, I've, you know, I think he's hilarious in Tommy Boy. Um, I think he's very funny when he's this kind of the sardonic prick. Um, he like, this is the movie where like, he's like Joe Dart is kind of like, uh, like he's, he's quite naive and he's like very, like, he's very upbeat. You know, he's like, life is a garden, dig it. And, you, know, you can't have no in your heart, and I—I I don't know. There's something about that. It's a very simple and like straightforward for a comedy like this, but like it does make him more endearing, I think, than a lot of David Spade characters. I think that definitely is a saving grace of sorts of a movie, um, because. And it helps to have that at the center because the movie itself is fairly mean spirited <laughs> and is constantly shitting. <laughs> Guys, I like we'll like we'll like we'll get into it, but I think I think I'm gonna be the poopy pants of this trio. Okay. I don't like this movie. I never have, and it didn't change today. And I, and I find it one of the weird quirks of like I don't know, American comedy fandom of the past 20 years that this movie is as beloved as it is like it's 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 baffling to me this is a thoroughly okay movie that people fucking adore on like tommy boy levels and i'm like okay like it's not fucking like <laughs> this isn't exactly burt reynolds doing doing gator you know like i <laughs> like I, I don't know <laughs> it, it is a little bit weird to like see how long this movie has lasted in the cultural sphere like and just seeing the impact like reading the wikipedia seeing like oh they were gonna do a tv show and they did a sequel like i will say this apparently like i'm and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up austin apparently not just like a tv show but like an animated tv show apparently is that correct mm -hmm. yeah so now that makes me think of like how weirdly good that clerk's animated series was i could see actually a joe dirt cartoon being pretty pretty great <laughs> That seems like a better context for this whole sort of like universe, but I don't know. There's something about this movie that 
like if it was just sort of like this forgotten relic from 2001 i'd be like oh yeah no like that was fun to revisit but this thing is quite like a cult cult object and i don't get it <laughs> mm-hmm. I- yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I guess I'm like on the, I'm on the higher end of the of the spectrum here for as far as like opinion on Joe Dirt on, on the podcast. I, you know, revisiting it, I I definitely like I I remember loving it when I saw it on DVD. Like I remember thinking it was hilarious, but I didn't like, you know, I I I don't think I ever owned it on DVD. Um and so it never did like it, so it's weird because like I guess I'm not guess i'm i sort of agree with you that like it is weird that like oh this movie in particular has stuck around for so long and like when i think about it in my own personal like viewing pantheon i haven't even watched this movie as many times as i watched like the hot chick right um, a year and a half later but i don't know like watching it tonight i kind of was like oh i see why this would like like i remind i was reminded of why i liked it so much the first time i saw it and i could like see why this will become like a staple for a certain type of viewer at a certain age and, and, and what have you, um, which to be clear, it's, you know, my age. Right. Um, but no, I just like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not something that like, I, it, it, it's not something that I'm, I don't, I don't put it on the same level as Tommy boy, but like, if you know, someone being like, Oh, I just, I could totally see someone being like, Oh, I watched Joe dirt a, a million times. Growing right. Up. And I and I know so many people who who could say that like like one of my best friends like this is one of his like up there he's seen it twenty times can quote every line kind of thing and talking to him about Joe Dirt or like him getting into like kind of like a little quote little you know rabbit hole of Joe Dirt that to me is more more fun than watching Joe Dirt. <laughs> Um, I, I also just should should like should just say up front, like I'm happy to say, like, oh, I think it's me, not the movie, because I should be in the pocket for this. I'm a co-host of the Billy Gilmore podcast. Like mm-hmm. I this is my jam, or at least it generally is, and it just doesn't like the the charms of this movie just don't quite work on me, unfortunately. Um I do think Spade is very winning in it, but the whole movie itself, not so much. I will say though. The, the exception to my, you know, lackluster feelings about this movie is that is is the five minutes that Jamie Presley is on screen. I think she's just just out of nowhere brilliant and so funny. And um, anyways, I wish I wish the movie could have been retooled around that character. I don't know. Yes, yeah, she, she <laughs> yeah. is really she is really good in this. And like, I can't help but think that like this movie is why she was then. My name is Earl. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and good for her because I'm sure that was a great paycheck for ten years. Mm-hmm. This is the same the same year as uh, she's also so great in uh, not another teen movie. Hell yeah! Um, she really hit the ground running as far as these like 2001 comedies are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of this movie, in terms of like the what you're talking about, Chris, um, I definitely feel. I mean, to compare between what we've watched, I definitely feel like this is this to me was more enjoyable. Uh, it's going to sound really shitty on Rob Schneider, but more enjoyable than any of the Rob Schneider movies. Um, there's something about like, I, I really feel like it's like Spade just plays someone a little bit more that you can like, he, he plays a little bit more meek in a way that you can, you kind of root for him 
yeah. while like every role that Rob Schneider had, you were like, I feel like this guy's kind of a creep and a weirdo. And I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not rooting. Yeah. So it's, this is a, definitely a different role than what we've expected to see from David Spade. But I, I actually, I actually kind of liked this one coming out of it. Like I, I was surprised. I was going into it thinking like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't think this is going to age very well, but I was pleasantly surprised. And I, I really think like the director just did a good job at really kind of keeping with, uh, keeping Spade from being, from being someone that like you root against to someone that you're rooting for story-wise too. I think with the buildup of like the more and more that people are listening to this radio show, it kind of just built it in there. Yeah. Um, so, and I do like that as a trope, just in this movie, as well as other comedies that we might be able to think of, of just like that, the, like the, the joke or like the runner joke of like the building audience of people surrounded at the TV or surrounded by the radio or the webcam or whatever it may be. That's always just like funny to me. Mm-hmm. And this movie uses it well. Um, it is interesting though, because we think of David Spade as like a certain type of comedic voice. We think of, you know, we like maybe your mind immediately goes to sarcasm and that dry sort of humor, but this is probably his most well known, well-loved role. And it is different. And like, it, it is sort of an outlier for him. That's interesting. No, I think that um, he, he, I read his autobiography and he talks about like the, uh, the two movies that people like anyone ever like wants to talk with him about are Tommy boy and Joe dirt. Right. Um, like the, that, like, and it's those two. Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I see, and like, yeah, th- this is a movie that like, I kind of, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, it's like, just, I, I'm throwing my hat in the camp of like, I'm a fan of this movie. I, I like watching it tonight. I'm like, Oh, I'm glad that I got this on DVD because you know, I can see it like becoming like, you know, something that I want to like throw on, you know, like, like a Tommy boy. Again, I don't think it's as good as Tommy boy, but I, I definitely, this, this, you know, in, I've seen, mo- I think I've seen, well, with the exception of like one Netflix movie, I've seen the other like David Spade, uh, you know, happy madison movies and i and i can understand why this is the one that's i can understand why there's no clamoring for a dickie roberts former child star uh part two although you know we're about to watch that one so i don't want to prejudice myself before we see that um let's uh okay so yeah he wishes on this meteorite and so he's joe meteorite and i'm joe dirt um and uh he uh, he, he takes him into town, he, he, like in this wagon, he's carrying this huge meteorite, uh, you know, around with him. And I like, I like the line. He's like, we call this place town. Town is a place where everybody hates you. Um, and like everyone calls you names. And of course, like some people come up and start making fun of your dirt and they call him these terrible slurs. Um, and then uh, he ends up, he goes to, he goes to like a drive through and he's eating burgers, uh, burger and fries, like off of the meteorite. <laughs> uh, and then later that di- later, like like later on, he you know he sees like a family at the at the burger place, and he's like, oh, I wish I had a family. Um, and then he like you know sleeps and rests his head on the meteorite while he sleeps. Um, and then uh, he, he you know they they go they they go wandering and they find this new town called is it Silvertown. Um, that like they, they mentioned a few times in the movie, but um, it looks like Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa. Um, and 
he takes the media he like he's just he's just like i never leave you for anything meteor but just but you know just for kicks let's see how much you were uh and he takes him to like an appraiser um who i guess would know from meteorites you know I, i'm not sure about the premise of this joke but um and the guy's just like yep that's not a meteorite that's a that's that's bunch of human shit and he's just like what and he's like yeah like it you know airplanes like eject their waste and it freezes in the atmosphere and it falls to earth and it's just you know look there's a there's a peanut and Jared, another great trailer moment where Jodert's like that's space peanut um, <laughs> and then the, the the radio audience like the producer in the room like hearing Jodert tell the story is just like dude you ate off of that and he's just like yeah you know uh, you know, he, he, can't, he can't really argue. Um, and uh, so he, st- he sticks around Silvertown or whatever it's called for a while. Um, and one night when he's like scrounging for food or reason, I don't know, uh, he encounters uh, a dog. He's at a house and he finds his dog with its nuts like frozen to the porch. Um, and, uh, it turns out this dog belongs to Brandy played by, uh, Brittany Daniel, who I know from, I mean, primarily from this movie and the Wayans brothers comedies, white, uh, white chicks and little man. Um, (laughs) So she has quite the pedigree in my, in my eyes. Um, oh, she's in club dread as well. Yes. I remember that. And she returns for the sequel. That that is true, I mean, but then again, so does Christopher Walken. So it's not, you know, the fact that Joe Dirt Two, Beautiful Loser, or whatever, was a Crackle exclusive did not prevent really anyone from returning. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, you know, she like, you know, she's like, how do we help his nuts? Like, do we use these this pair of shears? And he's like, no, like get some warm water and a spatula, and you know, they pry the dog's nuts off the porch um and he, he says the i do like the runner throughout this movie about jerder and his white trashness he's like you should spray pam on that where it's like oh you should spray pam on the porch so this doesn't happen to your dog and then later when he's working at the circus and he like sprays pam on the like the little trays that people are trying to get the coins to land on um that's a funny <laughs> bit um but uh, so, and then who should show up? And this, I, I did not remember this. This is a huge smile, you know, big smile on my face when who should show up, but Mitchell himself, Jodon Baker, uh, and playing Brittany Daniels' dad. Um, Jodon Baker, of course, as I said, he played Mitchell in the movie Mitchell. Uh, he was in Golden Iron, Tomorrow Never Dies. He was um, in um, a Timothy Dalton one too, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. Um, he's Jack he Wade is, in the Brosnans. That's right. He's fantastic character actor. He's in uh, Mud, the Jeff Nichols movie. Um, yeah, he's 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 awesome, and it was a thrill to see him in this movie. Um, and he's Brittany's uh, you know, drunk, shitty dad. Um, and so, uh, for whatever reason, as Joe, you know, Joe Dirt, he's just like I don't know why, but for some reason, Brandy wanted to hang out with me, and so. You know, it's sort of just like, I guess it's implied that like several years pass where he and Brandy are friends and her dog, Charlie, they're just like best buds. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, Kid Rock shows up, um, you know, and I say that, you know, that always proceeds when Kid Rock, you know, appears anywhere is unfortunately Kid, Kid Rock appeared. Um, 
So, uh, you know, this is a movie about white trash uh, down home America. And so both Dennis Miller and uh, Kid Rock are in it. Um, I keep wanting to say Chris Rock. I'm like stumbling into saying Chris Rock, but it's Kid Rock. Um, You guys fans of Kid Rock? Um, At the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, go, go, go ahead. At the time of this movie, I probably did listen to Kid Rock. Um, yeah like he he was big at the he was kind of big at the moment he was big at the moment okay like here's something nice i'm gonna say about kid rock i like that duet he did with cheryl crow that's a good song picture Mm -hmm. something but 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 with that i have to say that a more recent ish hit of his that song called all summer long that like that like blatantly like like gives you ear cancer shamefully like rips off night moves and sweet home Alabama. That might be one of the worst fucking songs ever. Like it's like, like that song is actively bad for culture in America. Like that song gave us Trump. Like that's how much I fucking hate that song. <laughs> like, like kind of a thing. So, yeah, no, he's a bad guy, but you know, he's harmless here. And I like that Cheryl Crow song. So whatever, that's all I got to say about kid rock. <laughs> and- it looks like this kind of kicked off his movie making career for the next four years over the, over the course of the next five years, he was in four movies. Uh, Osmosis Jones. He's in biker boys. He's in Osmosis Jones as kidney rock. And then he also plays himself in Larry, the cable guy, health inspector. Oh, that makes sense. But the cable guy. Um, yeah uh regrettably was i i did listen to kid rock back then not like i was his biggest fan but he had some songs sure no no shame um so as far as the movie being a cult hit the one the one aspect of it that i'll say that like you know like my roommate have you know repeating that line of christopher walken's like you know there were certain lines that did I, I knew people that would repeat them over and over again and so it did stick in my mind like longer than you know it, it would have otherwise since i hadn't watched it all the way through in a while and one of those is uh kid rock and is later in the movie but kid rock being like when i call the ambulance when I get you a Wham burger and some French cries. Um, and that was something that a friend of mine in high school said all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and uh, also, and because we passed over it, another line of that, like that is um, Joe dirt explaining uh, in, you know, like when he's first talking to Dennis Miller, he's talking about how much he likes rock music. And he's just like, I like ice ACDC, Def Leppard, Van Halen, not Van Hagar. And like, I would always like, I remember like I would talk to people and they'd be like, oh yeah, Van Halen, way better than Van Hagar. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Joe Dirt. Ha, ha. Um, so anyways, Kid Rock is like, I want to marry that, that Brandy girl, but Brandy only has enough money to take Joe Dirt to Dairy Queen. Um, and uh, while they're eating, you know, Dairy Queen, Joe Don Baker shows up and he's wasted and he's like, I want, he takes the dog Charlie with them to go hunting. Um, and <laughs> this is this is pretty mean spirited. Um, Joe Don Baker is like drunk and walking along the train tracks, and he gets his foot caught in like a you know one of the tracks, and a train is coming, and he tells Charlie the dog, he's just like, "Go, <laughs> go find help, boy." Which like he's he's got a lot of faith in that dog. It's like a lassie type, <laughs> uh, lassie type intellect, but um, 
I do like Charlie takes off running and then it's like, Oh, I hope that dog's finding somebody. And then just like smash cut to him having sex with a, with a, like hump and a lady dog. And it's like, bow, wow, whoa, you be, oh, you be, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then so <laughs> Charlie shows back up at, uh, at the farm, at, not the farm, at the shack with, uh, Brittany Daniel and Joe Dirt, and then Joe Don Baker gets out of the cop car with a rifle and just shoots Charlie for have because his leg got torn off by the train. Um, it's very sad. Um, it's really fucked up that the dog dies. Um, but then, uh, you know, they have Charlie's ashes and Joe Dirt is like, you know, this is like made me think like, I'm going to go like find my family. I'm going to take these ashes and I'm going to like, I'm going to go see where my family's at and, Brandy is like basically throwing herself at him, just like Joe, like I love you. And you know, like, what if you know, what if someone else wants to get married to me? And he's just like, Well, like he doesn't understand that she clearly wants to bone him. Um, it, in my opinion, that was what I got from it. I guess it's open for interpretation. It's pretty subtle. <laughs> um so uh, let's. So he takes the dog. Uh, he takes the dog. I, I do like. Uh, we didn't mention earlier, but I guess he re- he reiterates to um, uh, Dennis Miller that uh, he calls himself Joe Dirte with the e on the end. That he's just like, yeah, just it makes it sound pretty cool. Um, so Joe goes to Montana and he works as like an advertising for a for a, a dental clinic called Molar World. Um, and he meets this old lady who's selling this awesome orange. Dodge or whatever. It's got a Hemi engine in it. Um, sorry, everyone out there, that Billy Billy uh, Billy Gilmore show is not more well versed in uh, in retro cars, um, unless one of you guys knows. Yeah. Quickly interject. <laughs> I don't. Um, and this woman like reveals that she like murdered her husband too, which is just it's just gone at that point. Um, but yeah, this. Uh, this scene propels us into what basically becomes, I mean, I guess this movie is essentially, I was thinking of it, I guess I, I guess Forrest Gump is a way of putting it. Um, I, I, I like to look, I like to look back at and say, it's kind of like a bingo, uh, the, the dog movie where the dog must travel across <laughs> the United States. It's a really great movie. This is a, this is a 10 year later update of bingo, the 91 film. You have such an interesting thing about that movie. <laughs> that movie is it comes um, up a lot with you. <laughs> it is a plus terrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! So yeah, she uh, she um, she basically is selling this car, but then she hears his sad story about looking for his family, um, and she mentions that um, her husband, before she killed him, uh, was a police sketch artist. Um, and, uh, like, oh, like it would cost you about 360, just weirdly specific. Like it costs you about $360 to get a police sketch artist to make a sketch for you. Um, and he's just like, well, I don't have that kind of money. And then, you know, she lets him have this car, but then what do you know? One of those Montana storms blows in and those Montana tornadoes. Um, I, I don't know anything about Montana. Maybe they're, they're, they're tornado alley for all I know. Um, but, but it's just like, uh Oh, like get up on top of the roof, uh, Joe dirt and, and put some bricks in the molar world, hot air balloon that we have on top of our store. Um, 
And Joe goes up there and of course it breaks loose and he ends up in the basket and he floats all the way to South, South Dakota, I think. Um, and he falls, you know, onto an oil rig in South Dakota. And what do you know, this oil rig pays $360 a week. Um, and so he's, you know, he's at the oil rig and he's doing really shitty and uh, he gets into a fight with Tyler Maine. Uh, who I, I only noted him because Tyler Maine played Sabretooth in uh, the original X-Men movie. Um, so like him and Hugh Jackman are fighting on top of like the Statue of Liberty or whatever. Um, <laughs> great guy. Um, you know, happy to see him in this movie. Um, <laughs> I like at the end of this fight when he, uh, he punches Joe, he throws Joe Dirt and Joe Dirt's like, luckily my neck broke my fall. And then Tyler Maine pees on... Um, he pees on a flame, but unfortunately he's covered in oil because they're on an oil rig and uh, it, he ignites himself uh, and, it, and, you know, presumably he dies and it's, it's shocking and upsetting, um, but we move right along and everyone laughs. Um, there is um, a lot of uh, deaths and like really horrible injuries in this movie now that we're getting to it. Yeah. There's... And, and luckily, you know, Joe Dirt is as innocent as Paddington throughout it all. Yeah, <laughs> he's just—he's just—he's just like a Candide figure who floats floats through all this mayhem. Um, it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah. So uh, he ends up staying. Uh, he's you know he has three hundred sixty dollars now. So he's like maybe I could pay his police sketch artist, but he fucks up because he spends the night in what he thinks is a an, a, like a, a carnival. Um, but it's a fumigate. It's a house that's being fumigated and it makes him loopy. Um, you know, the way that, you know, movies don't really know how to like depict like people being high on drugs. And so it's just like, I don't know. He, he it, it's very silly looking. It's like, it's like the, the mom in Transformers 2 uh, smoking pot or eating pot brownies and then like tackling people. It's like, no, I don't think so. Um, so uh, he, the, the, he gets those flyers that are like, his dad looks like Father Time and his mom looks like Richard Ramirez as the Night Stalker. Um, and then he's like, wait a minute, I could hire an Indian tracker. And, you know, we would obviously in 2022 as opposed to 2001, we would never be so cool. We'd say Native American tracker. There you uh, go. But um, Native American tracker to help him. And he goes to this fireworks stand and who should be there but Adam Beach. Adam Beach, of course, the star of John Woo's Wind Talkers with Nicolas Cage. Um, and uh, I was very happy to see him. <laughs> yep, same guy. Wow. Yeah, it's it's exciting. He was the premier Native American Hollywood go-to in 2001 and 2002. Um, and also 2006, because he's in uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah, I remember he got a lot of... Uh buzz around that movie um, okay so this is the same act like like this is ira hayes from flags of our fathers yeah i'll be huh yeah and didn't he, realize. that's and crazy he, and he plays kicking wing wow. um which is a great name by the way <laughs> kicking wing <laughs> um and uh so he owns a fireworks stand um Joe Joe Dirt throughout this whole stretch of movie has a shirt on that says "I choked Linda Lovelace." <laughs> just 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 an interesting little note. I, I don't really feel like commenting on that too much. Just just wanted to note it here. Um, anyways, um, he he, uh, he he talks to Adam Beach, and Adam Beach like doesn't like. He only has like sparklers and snakes. 
Um, and he's just like, oh, these are the only ones I like. And in and Joe Dirt has a funny bit where he's like reeling off like a hundred names for fireworks. Uh, my favorite ones were uh, Husker Do's, Husker Don'ts. Um, that's a great line. Um, and also, this scene has another one of those lines that people I knew in high school and college would quote constantly, where he's like, "Why are fireworks good?" And he's just like, Shit, "I don't know, man." Why is the sunset good? Why is a tree good? Why is boobs good? Um, I had friends who would say that. Yeah, this movie's got a lot of quotes to it. Uh, like, it's funny how many have come up here so far. <laughs> Notable quotables for sure. Um, and so Joe finds, he does have like two somewhat big firecrackers. Um, and Joe uh, accidentally stumbles over uh a nuclear rocket buried in the sand. Um, they, and of course they decided to cover it in gasoline and shoot firecrackers at it. And I like the, the stock footage of a nuclear explosion going off. Um, and he's just like, Oh, we're going to be so busted. And then it's like, Oh, Adam beach is like, you know, he's a, like a night, night owl and watchman. He just like his particles just like blow away. Um, and it turns out it was just a dream. Um, and uh, they found this nuclear rocket and they decide like, hey, like the bus company that my parents, you know, the bus tour that we were, that you know, like bus tours that go through the Grand Canyon, they probably have like records and like, you know, if I can find out who was on the bus, like that was there at the same time as we were, they might have pictures of my parents. Um, I don't really remember how he gets to that point, but this is the scene where he gets to that point. Um and then uh, what they end up doing is they go to the records office with the Joe Dirt has the the, the bomb that has a, like a nuclear waste sign on it. He has the bomb strapped to his back and he's just like, oh, like, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I'll, I'll blow us all to kingdom come. Like, you get us those records. And they're like, OK. And then he's just like, and, you know, and of course, uh, you know, again, not very, not very PC, not very contemporary. But he tells the woman to he's like, you show me your boobies. Um and she does, and you know, <laughs> some dudes leering at her or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> that cutaway, that cutaway is like one of the most frightening looks I've seen before. Not of her, of the guy, the guy just like <laughs> the, guy, the guy with the like horrifying teeth. Like, yeah, he looks like he looks a little like the guy, the the guy who shows up and torments them in a Poltergeist two. The guy who shows up on the doorstep, like the priest or whatever. Or the yeah. Anyways. Um, so, um, so uh, it turns out that the bomb, it, it goes, it turns out the bomb is not a uh, nuclear waste. It's just uh, an old septic tank that some skater kids slapped a nuclear radiation sticker on, which is a pretty good bit. Um, and the guy, the cop just like gets a hammer and just knocks the top off of the, the tank. And it just starts like squirting, like disgusting shit all over Joe dirt. Um, and he, you know, he's taking a shower and he's like, ah, get the poo on me. Um, I remember thinking that was very funny in, in, when I was 12 years old. Um, and so, yeah, so Dennis Miller's like, hey, that's like, that's crazy. And like, I can't believe that you managed to stay upbeat, you know, even though your life is pathetic and stupid. And, you know, please come back on the show tomorrow. Um, and he's like, sure thing. And then we see Joe, you know, after hours cleaning the station and what should come on the soundtrack? Gentlemen, do you remember? 
Is this Sweet Home Alabama? Nope. Crash into me by David. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's uh, a uh, it's a charmingly poignant moment, like when like the music when like when when the song queued up, I was like okay, but within thirty seconds, I was like oh, okay, I'm feeling it. So this that song's song, magic. The song was also poignantly utilized in the film, the 2017 film Lady Bird. So guys, <laughs> which do you like more, Joe Dirk or Lady Bird? Chris, go. Um, you know. I am a fan of uh, the films of Miss Gerwig, so. Okay. All right. Austin? Uh, hard to say. They're both, you know, about these individuals, outsiders trying to figure out their place. They're both, they're both in the canon. That's, that's, that's so true. That's a great answer. And that's, that, that's, that's, that's close to my own feelings as well. Um, I, you know, they're, they're both, they're both great. I don't want to, I don't want to devalue Lady Bird by claiming I like Joe Dirt more, but eh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> so, so Joe Dirt lives in the boiler room, apparently, um, which begs the question of why he was driving. Where was he in his car? Like at the beginning of the movie, like at, at the beginning of the movie, it's like, he's like driving like crazy to make it to work. Um, but he lives there. So I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways, he lives in the boiler room. He's looking at pictures of Brandy. The next day, he's back on air telling his story. Um, you know, more and more people nationwide are uh, listening to his story. Um, uh, and, you know, he parts ways with Kicking Wing, uh, but it's not the last we see of Adam Beach. Don't worry. Um, and this is where he gets a job at a traveling carnival. And this is where Miss Jamie Presley shows up. And he, I like, I really like this bit where Joe Dirt is like, She's we're getting her POV of Joe Dirt as he's like working this like carousel type ride. And he's got he's he's shirtless and sort of posing every t- differently, like every time she looks over at him. Um, it's a funny bit. It's a very funny bit. And, and Jamie Presley is a terrific comedic actress. Um, and she just like has these incredible reactions to everything. Well, she's holding um, cotton candy and she. <laughs> Well, like, like, sorry for the pun. She's making a meal out of that cotton candy and <laughs> she gets so much mileage out of it. Like, and, and again, like, you know, uh, sorry to be kind of the, the, like the bummer about Joe <laughs> Dirt. Cause I know people love this movie and I wish I was on that same uh, wavelength, but for the five, for like, for the next five to 10 minutes, I am so on board. I think she's so fucking funny. <laughs> um, I really love when when he when who I don't know if it's, I guess it's supposed to be like her little brother or something I guess it could be her kid but like when like he, he he's just like um he he's like talking to the kid her her like whoever she's there with um to get off the ride and he goes oh like hey is this your girlfriend and the kid's response is you should see my girlfriend you shit yourself <laughs> a really funny line. <laughs> um and yeah it kind of just like nah mean um but yeah uh and and once again in this scene he's like he's showing jamie presley like his work where he's like working at this like the part where uh the part of the park or the the carnival where like people throw coins and they're trying to get them on these trays and he has this can of pam the spray can of pam in his pants um, like tucked into his waist, um, which is just, it's a good bit. Um, 
and Jamie Presley is obviously very into him. Uh, and he's just like, Hey, like I got my, I got this car um, that I bought uh, and it's in the shop and I'm going to get it later. Like, and it's got a Hemi and she's like super horny for his Hemi. Um, and he's like, well, I'll come get you later. And so he goes to the, the, the repair place and Kevin Nealon's like, yeah, like with all the repairs and everything else, it's, it costs you about, th- you know, $3,500, $3,000, whatever. And he's just like, you know, that's more than I paid for it. Um, I only have about $450 and he's like, well, I can, you know, I, I can give you a car, but it's not going to be, for, you know, it's not going to be have a Hemi for 450. So he's driving this shitty beater that we see him in earlier in the movie. Um, and he goes to pick up Jamie Presley, tells her that like he stole it or whatever. Um, and then they go back to the carnival and this is actually, this this is probably my favorite non like canonical Joe Dirt line. Like this is the line that made me laugh the hardest in the movie. That wasn't something that like I'd heard quoted to me for years. Um, <laughs> they're in the carnival and <laughs> Jamie Presley goes, I had a, I had fun tonight. I had a great time tonight. Even the, even though you took me to the carnival, I was already at. <laughs> it's like, they just, they just went right back to the place where <laughs> Um, it's it's so funny <laughs> to think about it. Just like the the, the sort of like straightforward. Like, I had a great time, even though it was where you are. <laughs> the carnival I was already at. Um, you have to wonder if that line like came in because they were like, okay, our next scene is at the carnival. Oh wait, we were just here. We need to reference this. Like, is it this is in the same day, right? Like, isn't that kind of weird? Like, they just go right <laughs> back to the carnival and it's like, okay, we'll have her say something. <laughs> 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 um, so. They they go back to her place, um, and literally again, it is. I I think I think that theory is correct, Austin, because it's weird that how that scene literally lasts about ten seconds, and then suddenly they're back at the place he just picked her up from, like her house. She's like, "Want to go back to my place?" And he's like, "Sure." Um, and so uh, she mentions like he's like, "Oh, you never told me like you, why you had you know you had foster parents." And she's like, "Oh, because my parents left me you know in California or whatever." And then he's like, "Did you have a brother?" She's like, "Yeah, I did." And he's just like, "Oh no!" And then he he's worried that like, "Oh no, this is like this must be my sister." Um, and then he has sex with her, uh, <laughs> thinking that she might be his sister. Um, and you know, all the audience listening to him was like, Ooh, you know, that's so gross. And then he's like, Oh, you know, like, and then afterwards, after they have sex, you know, put post post coital bliss, he's just like, Oh, like, I'm worried that I might be your brother. And she's like, no, no, my brother was named, you know, whatever, something else. And he like, you know, you, you can't be my brother. And he's just like, okay, so like, so we can have sex again. And then uh, it turns out he can't get it up without thinking of her as his sister. Um, it's a great bit, classic, classic jokes. Jamie Presley's very game for all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just, I'm watching this in the background. <laughs> I'm also like, he peels off and leaves as soon as she says that. And I'm not sure where he goes. Cause he's next back in the house. I don't, I don't, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to pick apart this movie. Um, no, it's but... okay. It's fine. You know, we have to, you know, we can acknowledge the flaws, you know, it just makes the, it makes the rest of the diamond shine even shine even brighter. Um, so, um, so, you know, so once again, you know, back in Dennis Miller land, uh, in, you know, in the current air, current time period, you know, they break for the day and Joe, you know, calls Brandy and she's just like, Hey, like I didn't, I haven't gotten to the bed, the sad part yet. 
but you know, I miss you and I wish I could see you. Um, and then the next day he's talking to Dennis Miller again and uh, he drives in his beater car. Now that he has a car, he can like check the listings, like the records that he got, you know, to try and find his parents. So he drives to Indiana um, and he meets a guy named uh, Buffalo Bob. Uh, and Buffalo Bob, as you might guess, uh, is basically just a, 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 a thin takeoff on a uh, Buffalo Bill from uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> uh, and he is uh, he keeps Joe Dirt in uh, a hole in his basement. And he you know, has like a dog and he's like precious, like it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> um, I like that he's held Joe Dirt there for two weeks. And I like that one thing that Joe Dirt has scratched onto the walls is Joe Dirt rules. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm not made of stone. It made me laugh. Um, um, and, and I also liked that after Joe Dirt ag- finally agrees to put the lotion on its skin, uh, he's like, okay, you know, fair is fair. We had a deal. And he lowers, he lowers him down a copy of Auto Trader. Uh <laughs> So you could like catch, check out the deals on used cars and what have you. Um, uh, and of course, you know, the cops show up and they take down uh, Buffalo Bob um, and, and uh, Steven, uh, we get a great cameo here from the director of uh, Mr. Deeds, among other Adam Sandler movies, Stephen Brill um, playing the cop who tells him what Buffalo Bob was planning to do to him. Where he's like, yeah, he's going to flay your skin. And like, you know, and wear you like a like a Joe Dirt suit. Um, and I do like the running bit throughout the rest of the movie where it's like, oh, like you're that guy with Buffalo Bob. And he's like, nothing happened. And he's like, oh, that's not what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing happened. Um, and so then, oh, it turns out uh, for what somehow he, he realizes, like, I got to go to Louisiana. Oh, he sees like the photos that Buffalo Bob has from his uh, Grand Canyon trip. And it's like, oh, like there's my parents and there's their license plate from Louisiana. Um, and he, he goes down to Louisiana and he gets a job in a school as a janitor with uh, Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken it bears mentioning here because he's he, he's just tremendous and, in this role, he's really not putting it in, in my opinion. I, I like how committed to the bit he is. Um, and Joe Dirt's like, that accent, you know, like, where, where is that from? It doesn't like he's around for He's like, no, I'm from here. I mean, not here, from Kansas. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just, I, I just love that bit. Like, oh, it was like, oh, is your wife beautiful? Yeah, she was, she was, she, you know, she died too young. She was buried in New York City. I mean, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> she was shot six times in New York, Kansas. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he's from Kansas, of course. And then uh, Joe, uh, I like Joe, show, Joe Dirt showing him the photo of his parents where it's just like their asses. And Christopher Walken, without like batting an eye, she's like, I don't recognize them. Uh, and uh and then you know a kid pukes in the cafeteria and joe dirt is called to clean up um and you know the kids are all like terrible to him uh and i like what he's just like oh like these kids i'm gonna use reverse psychology on them i love getting hit with hot dogs like it feels so good and then you know they throw a million hot dogs at him and then he's just like well like i guess i guess it's a good thing it wasn't hot chili day and you know they throw hot chili all over him um, it's a great bit, also in the trailers. Um, 
<laughs> coming up next the more i'm talking about this movie i had a great time watching it i mean i'm enjoying it even more just like reliving some of these bits which is part of the reason why i love this podcast um i love when they're in the science class and he's just like he's like if i think it's if i'm right this chemical combination will create life. <laughs> Starts producing gas. <laughs> oh no, pure mustard gas. Uh, I love how just like they're just able to make that fly, and like I thought these kids were gonna be dead, <laughs> but, 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 but it, it's such a perfect joke because it's so it's so stupid, and it feels like the kind of thing that you would come up with and be like, oh, you'd come up with like a better explanation the scene like oh and they rescue him like i don't know like creates mustard gas and it's like we'll rewrite that later to make it more plausible (laughs) and they left in the dumb bullshit (laughs) (laughs) oh no pure mustard gas oh this movie's great actually sorry chris that's all right oh geez I hate to hate to like you know if you you feel like uh make you feel like scrooge looking on on our mirth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what it's okay i'm like I, i'm all right saying this one's just weirdly on me um and anyways i dig the i dig the jamie presley stuff so that's <laughs> <laughs> fair um so then christopher walk christopher walken saves these kids who are not dead and he pulls them out um and when they're like hey come to and like hey you saved us and he's like what no like uh i uh no it's it joe dirt joe dirt saved you and i'd be like the teacher who's like no that's not true you saved us and he's like no it was joe dirt he's like all right well then thank god for joe dirt <laughs> he like he clearly knows that's bullshit but he's like oh okay well thanks man <laughs> um and then uh he uh he, you know everyone's like you know joe dirt saved us and joe dirt gives a press conference where he's just like hey like if anyone knows where my parents are uh you know call 1-800-JOE-DIRT or whatever uh 1-200-JOE-DIRT and uh but actually i'm not the i'm not the 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 actual hero here the real hero is you know this man and he's just talking about uh talking about christopher walker Walker's like oh no and then that night unfortunately turns out christopher walken was in the mafia he was a he was a head of a crime family in the witness protection program (laughs) who should show up in his home but some uh, mobsters from the northeast including steve sherpa from the Sopranos, Bobby Bacala, Bacalieri, I think. Uh, great, great performer in The Sopranos. Um, it was very, and this was this movie actually came out before The Sopranos even premiered. So good for him. It was it was not even like a reference. Um, and so the next day, it's like, oh no, like my friend like got killed. What happened? And they're they're pulling his body away. Um, we get the other non-Chris Farley brother. It was like John and Kevin or whatever. And we get the other one as a cop who's just like, hey, like, don't I, like, don't I, oh yeah, you're that guy who was in Buffalo Bob's, he's in Buffalo Bob's basement, Buffalo Bob's basement. You know, nothing happened. <laughs> um, and then uh, Christopher Walken, as Joe Dirk's talking about, like, I hope when you're in heaven, you see your wife with her beautiful blonde hair and her pert nipples and what, you know, whatever. And, Joe, and Christopher Walken's getting a boner and he's like, Hey, like, no, you know, I, you, I gotta, you know, I gotta lay low or whatever. Um, this is where my notes end. So I'm, I'm, I'm freestyling from here as far as like the, the progression of events. 
Um, but he uh, he goes back. Uh, he, he, oh, <laughs> sorry. We see Blake Clark. We see Blake Clark as um, uh, he's basically playing Farmer Fran from Waterboy. Um, Very he's not list listed as such in the credits, but it's a little bit like Rob Schneider being in the wrong Missy. And I think those character that character has a different name from Fifty First Dates, but they're pretty much the same character. Um, anyways, he uh, has the has the bit where he's like again a line that I heard quoted a lot. As you know, when the, after this movie came out, that where he's just like, "Man, home is where you make it," and he's saying, "Home is home is where you make it." And Joe Dirt's like, "You like to see homos naked? That's cool, man, but that doesn't really help me." Um, <laughs> an, another great sign of that the, the the progressivism of early Happy Madison. Um, it's not you know it's not really a punchline that he's gay. You know, Joe Dirt is totally cool with with gay people and that's you know and that's great and we at the billy gilmore podcast applaud their forward thinkingness in 2001 that's right but um so he decides to go back home uh to see brandy but unfortunately kid rock is there and he's just like you know brandy wrote this letter saying like you know joe dirt comes by like you're you know you you know not to not to see your like i found your parent he, she found your parents or whatever and then that's when it's like, oh, like, you know, he gets a Whamburger with some French fries. Um, and Jerdurt runs off and he's, you know, and this is, correct me if I'm if I'm missing anything here, but for my recollection of it. So Jerdurt, you know, runs off without seeing Brandy. And that's, you know, how he ended up like in LA, basically, uh, you know, doing this interview with this radio station. And uh, the interview, when he when he's done with the interview with Dennis Miller, it goes like super, vi it's gone super viral. There's all these reporters and stuff waiting for him uh, outside. Um, and then uh, he's doing the, oh, and he, he has the like the call in with Brandy where she says that his, yeah, Dennis Miller, they have the call in where she says this parents are dead. Um, and it's like, oh, that's why I couldn't, I, you know, I didn't tell you, like, you should come home because, you know, your parents are dead or whatever. Um, and then, uh, Joe Dirt, you know, he becomes like a celebrity. He meet, he gets to meet. Uh, what's the celebrity? Uh, is it Eddie Money? Eddie, Mo Eddie Money, yes. Yeah, he meets Eddie Money, and then as was contractually obligated in a comedy set in two thousand one, he goes on uh, TRL with Carson Daly, <laughs> um, and he uh, uh, and and on that show on Carson Daly, um, someone calls in and is like. Hey, like I know that like Joe Dirt's parents aren't actually dead because I'm I'm we're Joe Dirt's parents and it turns out oh no Joe Dirt's parents are still alive and uh, Joe Dirt goes to meet with them uh, and it's uh what's that is it Fred Ward yeah yes yeah so Fred Ward's the dad and who's who's the mom oh, you know what we completely skipped over it's not a huge part of the movie but she she does show up later that Joe Dirt uh, I completely forgot about his alligator uh, his alligator farm experience with Rosanna. That's right, with Rosanna Arquette. So basically, he makes a stopover um, at this gator place um, with Rosanna Arquette uh, so, playing. You know, say what you will about Joe Dirt, but two like major thespians from Pulp Fiction make an appearance in Joe Dirt. That's very true. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, and so um, wait, okay, this is weird. This is odd. And uh, on the on the Wikipedia, I don't know how we would find out more information about this. 
but it literally says that Mr. and Mrs. Nunnamaker, who are Joe Dirt's parents, because we do learn earlier in the movie that they gave him the name Joe Dirt. Their last name is not Dirt, which is very odd. Um, it says here on Wikipedia, uh, Mrs. Nunnamaker is played by Caroline Aaron, originally filmed with Roseanne Barr in the role. Wow. And then it says Fred Ward as Mr. Nunnamaker, originally filmed with Gary Busey in the role. I mean, that would have been great. That would have been great. What happened? <laughs> maybe right. the commentary. Maybe I need to find the real DVD and listen to the audio, the director's commentary or something. Yeah, we got some uh, follow-up questions now. Yeah, so according to uh, IMDb, Roseanne Barr and Gary Busey were originally cast as Joe Dirt's parents. However, Roseanne mysteriously quit the project one day after creating months of delay, re-editing, and reshoots. So Denny Gordon decided to reshoot the scene. Huh. Well, maybe they like didn't get a line from her and then it was like they couldn't try. Who, who knows? That's fascinating. Poor Gary Busey. Um, that would have been um, uh, which which one was Gary Busey in? He's in Black Sheep, right? He's in Black Sheep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's great in Black Sheep. He's very funny in Black Sheep. Yeah. Um, and so um so yeah, it turns out it turns out they just want to share their they want to like sell their like clown souvenirs or whatever. Um and um they basically he he finds out that like they heard about him and they wanted to get in touch with them because they're greedy and they wanted to sell shit. Um but they actually intentionally abandoned him at the Grand Canyon. Um and so Joe leaves, you know, he storms out and he goes to, now I gotta say, I don't really buy the Joe Dirt that we've seen in this movie up to this point, uh, pulling a move like this. Although to be fair, you know, maybe it's like, it's a reference to George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. But uh, Joe Dirt goes to a bridge to commit suicide. Um, and, uh, you know, Brandy, Brandy shows up and it's just like, you know, I'm so sorry like I, that I lied to you about your parents, but you know, I wanted to protect you from them because they're awful. Um, and, uh, you know, she said, you know, finally Joe Dirt, who this whole time has been weirdly oblivious to the fact that Brandy's like into him. Um, he like very strangely oblivious. Um, you know, he realizes that she loves him and uh, he, uh, he he's like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll stay alive. I won't kill myself, whatever. But then a police officer lassos him with like bungee cord, I guess. And he flies off the bridge and he bounces back up and he hits his head on the underside of the bridge. Um, and then Joe wakes up in Brandy's house and it's like Wizard of Oz. And he's like, ah, the craziest dream. Like, and, and you were there and you were there. And it's uh, Kickin' Wing is there. Um, Kickin' Wing is there uh, with Rosanna Arquette uh, and Christopher Walken. And it turns out Christopher Walken and Rosanna Arquette have uh, gotten married and Christopher Walken's new identity is Gert B. Frobe, which if I'm remembering correctly is the name of the guy who plays Goldfinger. It most certainly is. He was a, you know, like a German actor. It's such a weirdly specific little thing there. Like, and, and like, there's no like deeper reference or joke. I wonder if that's just some bullshit that Walken came up with. On set. <laughs> Walken also a Bond villain. In, yes. in a view to a kill so it's like maybe that's just like him amusing himself i don't know um but um 
Like maybe they asked him to say his name was like the character he plays in Avita and Kayla. And he was like, no, I'll go, but I'll do another Bond villain. Who knows? Um, so he and uh, Rosanna Arquette are together, you know, uh, now uh, it turns out kick and wing has a successful uh, 30 successful firework stands. Like he's a franchisee now. Um, and that helps him own these animal shelters, which is also like an important thing to him. Um, and then it turns out that uh, Joe Dirt, like since his head got injured, uh, they Brandy got him a new wig, and it's a dreadlock wig. Um, and she got his Hemi car, and she also has Charlie, uh, the the dog who was shot. Turns out Charlie was frisky with a neighborhood dog uh, back in the day, and there's a dog that's exactly like Charlie, and they're like meet Charlie too or whatever, um, which as always reminds me of one of my favorite jokes ever in, which is in beer fest when uh, Kevin Heffernan or whatever, Farva, when he dies and then his twin brother shows up and it's literally like, Hey guys, I want to, I want to join your team only on one condition. If you treat me like my brother and you call me by his name and they're like, it'll be like, he, it'll be like, he never left. It's it's such a great lazy bit of writing. So anyways, yeah, Charlie too, they have the dog. Um, And then, uh, so yeah, then Kid Rock shows up uh, and he's just like, you know, he's threatening Joe and he's like, nobody wants you here in Silvertown. And uh, of course, uh, Christopher Walken, uh, he, he, he once again reiterates, he's just like, Hey, I don't like your tone. How about a sa- stab you in the face with a soldering iron? Um, and then he, and then he's just like, what if, what if we, his family, um, and, uh, he challenged Kid Rock challenges Joe to a race, but unfortunately Rock, Joe, uh, Kid Rock's car malfunctions. Uh, it looks like he's the one who needs some wham burgers and French cries, um, and as they drive down the highway, Dennis Miller on the radio dedicates a song to Joe Dirt, and thus ends chapter one of the Joe Dirt saga. This movie ends with fireworks in the sky whenever it's like pure daylight. I don't get it. It's it's movie magic, Austin. In the yeah. world of in the world of uh, in the world of Joe Dirt, anything is possible. Dreams can come true, and fireworks can be totally visible to the naked eye. Do you think the sequel is going to reference his uh, dreadlocks and say, "Well, I had to get rid of that and go back to my other wig." I, I guarantee you there'll be a moment where, cause I've not seen it, but I guarantee you there'll be a moment where it's like, well, like I got dreadlocks for a while and then it'll end up be like, he had them for like two months or something. Um, but yeah. So that's Joe Dirk. And said, it's the, uh, it is the most well-regarded of the spade joints that we have, which to, to, to reiterate or to, to, to state, you know, here up front, it's a, uh, we've got Joe Dirk. We've got Dickie Roberts, former child star. We have covered bench warmers. We have covered his appearance in the Grown Ups films. We have covered the do over. Uh, he is in the film Father of the Year, which was a Netflix film, but we will be covering that. That's an official Happy Madison production. Um, and we have talked about, but not covered in a full episode, I believe, The Wrong Missy. And so those are our, so our spade films are Dickie Roberts, former child star, father of the year, and the wrong Missy. Are we doing okay. Joe Dirt too? 
Oh, yes, of course. Dirt, Joe Dirt 2. So Joe Dirt 2 is right there. It's, that's before Father of the Year. So pr- post, post Dickie Roberts, pre-Father of the Year. The beloved Crackle original. A Crackle original, which I found for four dollars on Blu-ray at Half Price Books. So I don't have to re I don't have to re-up my Crackle subscription to watch Jared Dirt 2, you guys. Uh, I, I'll be able to watch the watch the Blu-ray, the beautiful Blu-ray. Uh, uh, I hope there's commentary on it or something. Um, and you know, Jared Dirt 2, that's a that's a movie that has so here's the weird thing. Jared Dirt 2, I remember when it premiered and I remember seeing that it had like a five on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. And I was like, wow, like People really hate that movie. That's like Grown Ups 2 territory or Jack and Jill territory. Joe Dirt has like an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, God. Which like, I, Chris, okay. I know you, you, you're you not, you're on the outside looking in with Joe Dirt, but like, is it an 8%? No, no, no. So uh, like, I, like, I want to be clear here. Like I don't share and I'm, and I'm somewhat like, and have always been baffled by the level of like, esteem that people have for this movie which in my mind is like in the aggressively okay category like like, the bench warmers or something like like yeah like like my befuddlement about this movie is as if the bench warmers had that level of cult acclaim it'd be like okay i don't get it like it's fine i guess whatever so i don't hate joe dirt and i think an eight percent is absurd it's it's too like it's too fun of a movie and ultimately too amiable of a movie to hate that much. I just don't quite get the Tommy Boy levels of esteem that some folks have for it. Totally fair. But yeah, eight, like 8% is ridiculous. And, but, you know, we can talk about how much Rotten Tomatoes sucks all day. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it, 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 like, again, like, I, I just thought that, like, you know, like, I don't think Billy Madison was well, particularly well received critically when it came out, but it didn't like, or Tommy, Tommy boy as well, but neither one of them are like 8%. Like it's like like 40, 50% or something like, I don't know. Yeah. It's very, it's very strange. Um, So Joe dirt Two, weirdly, not that far from, uh, from the critical consensus on Joe dirt one, um, Brian Connolly. I mean, it, I guess this isn't, this isn't that much of a surprise, Brian Connolly has long been a huge um, fan, you know, sort of uh, devotee uh, champion of Joe Dirt 2, which I believe is called Beautiful Loser. Um, but yes, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about it, but it's it's just, it, it, it's this movie is, uh, it kind of straddles the line of like, it doesn't feel quite as lax to me as something like the bench warmers where like, you know, the Dugan comedies that are non Sandler movies can be kind of dicey for me. And so, and so it's like watching, watching something like this. It's like, I don't know, like it feels like it's very thin narrative, but it like, it's a, it's a, it doesn't feel like 100% tossed off except for in the moments where it sort of calls attention to itself. Like Jamie Presley saying, (laughs) I had a great time, even though you took me to the carnival. I was just at, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely, it's a very, it's a very charming movie. And to me, it does, you know, obviously it's not as, as quotable as a Tommy boy or a Billy Madison, but my thinking of this movie today like the the thing i keep coming back to is that thing that paul thomas anderson would always say when he talked about like when he when he was first interrogated about why he would cast adam sandler in his in punch drunk love 
And he was like, you know, I'm very proud of Magnolia, like as a movie, but if I'm alone and feeling bad on a Saturday night, I'm not going to put on Magnolia. I'm going right. to put on Big Daddy. And like, there's a little bit of that, to, that, there's a little bit of that vibe to Joe Dirt for me, where I'm just like, you know, like it's just likable. And like, it is the humor, the things that make me laugh are fairly mean spirited in this movie, <laughs> but I, but it's cut enough. I think the mixture of the elements is pretty well balanced because I think that we, and it's, and that's what I think is notable about it because it's David Spade, particularly a guy who's usually pretty acerbic and kind of playing a jerk. But I think that weirdly Joe Dirt is an outside the box character for him that he hasn't really returned to that much outside of, I suppose, Joe Dirt too. Um, but him playing like the naive kind of innocent the person you root for because like we i know when we briefly spoke about the wrong missy it's like you know whatever is great about that movie and there's a lot great in that movie but david spade it's like at a certain point it's like no like i don't really buy it when i'm supposed to like care about his romantic well-being like it plays when he's a jerk in that movie um and like tommy boy obviously like great movie and great performance from him and he's just he, he's bitter and an asshole um <laughs> and in the in the grown-ups movies he's the sarcastic like kind of like womanizer it's like okay like he's like a cad a playboy um and so yeah i think the fact that he manages to convince me and presumably people who like this movie um like you feel bad for him it's not like i want to see you can laugh at him but you also want him to try yeah. out because he's so dopey um, and so good-hearted, and it's yeah. like, yeah, like on that and, level, it's like he's a, he's a, he's an engaging protagonist. I think that's 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 very true, and I appreciated Austin your comparison earlier when you're talking about what works here with Spade's performance, but doesn't always quite work when, let's say, Schneider's playing like a downtrodden, like underdog, where. Whereas most of those cases, it's sort of like, no, nah, you're, you're like, you're just kind of a creep. <laughs> um, um, with, with, like with Spade, I think he, um, he threads that needle quite well in this. Like, I, I don't know, like Joe Dirt can be like, like, like for me, it's in, it's under that category of like, this should work for me. I don't know why it doesn't. Um, it could be just weird circumstances. Like maybe I saw this when I was just kind of like, fancied myself over this like 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 over and past the whole happy madison thing so maybe like just those stupid like like uncharitable vibes have just carried over and but but like i mean like i watched it today like in a good mood and good spirits and it just still wasn't doing much for me so i don't know it's just like i could just chalk it up to i can't explain it it just it just it, it, just, it just doesn't click for me even though i do appreciate spades like ability and obviously the aforementioned jamie presley stuff <laughs> yeah that's totally fair i mean yeah i don't know it's definitely i think it's it's gonna end up it's it's gonna end up uh if i had not bought it today on dvd it was like after we rewatched uh tommy boy for the pod and i was just like why don't i own this on blu-ray like and i oh, yeah. like, add it immediately it's like i just need it like a break glass in case of emergency kind of kind of thing um and i kind of think joe dirt's going to be like you know in the rotation going forward um so that's nice i wish it was streaming somewhere for free so maybe i should get a digital copy um <laughs> but yeah i don't know um you got any any thoughts on this one austin that haven't been articulated 
No, not really. I mean, I was just kind of pleasantly surprised. Like I actually kind of regarded this before watching it as, as like something I wasn't probably like, it wasn't going to sit well with me. Sure. Like, like it had. Um, Cause I mean, I watched it as a kid and I think I feel like if you were eight to 12 around the time this came out, I feel like this movie is gold. Um, I feel like, I mean, especially just going through it, like all the quotes, like, I feel like it would definitely um, get quoted pretty frequently in middle school, high school, well, probably middle school more than high school, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, I think, I think it's just a, it, it actually really works as a movie. Like I was saying earlier, it really works as a movie because David Spade and Joe Dirt, like make you want to root for it. Um, and I just think narratively, like having the structure of like him looking for his family and the way that whole story kind of arcs over it. Yeah. I think it, I think it works and it keeps the momentum going and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely enjoyable. I think this is, this is one I would watch again. Yeah. I think that's a good point is a really good point about like the, just like, it's a simple narrative structure and you know like compared to forrest gump where it's just like sort of like a series of episodes as like someone's like t- like a, a simple country folk is like telling their their life story but like that's an incredibly like fruitful sort of like skeleton on which to hang all these like silly incidents and lines and and what have you and uh and yeah i don't know it, it definitely it, it's just like it's it's very it's very charming and it's very um, and it and it doesn't wear out its welcome, you know. It's 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 quite short. It you know it knows you know sort of what it has, and uh, you know it and it gets out on a, on a reasonable high note. And you know people must have enjoyed working on it because not only like I said, not only did they get Brittany Daniel back, but they got Christopher Walken. And you know Christopher Walken is famously notoriously stingy about what sort of product or what sort of projects he engages in. He's very discerning. Um, he was not in, it wasn't like he was in Envy with Jack Black and Ben Stiller like a year after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, this movie, it, it, it so yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely was a movie that was a beneficiary of the DVD, like boom, the home, home video boom, because it did fine in theaters. I think about it, it about doubled. It's, it was about a $17 million budget. And I think it about doubled that overall, which is still not, you know, that's still fairly modest, but considering the animal later that year made like 80, $70 million or something like that. But, um, and I mean, and that's, that is kind of crazy considering like, no, when we watch the animal, like no one gives a shit about the animal anymore. Like no one's watching that and quoting that, but Joe dirt, you know, lives on. Um, so, but yeah, so this movie made like about double its budget and then it did really, really well, clearly on home video. Oh yeah. Um, and that's where like it found its audience. And that's why, you know, again, David Spade mentions in his autobiography that like, oh, like the two movies made maybe with the addition of Emperor's New Groove, like the movies that people talk to me about, like the only ones they bring up are Tommy Boy and Joe Dirt. Um, but you know, there are worse things to hang your legacy on. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd be happy to have, you know, a cult classic comedy like that uh, on my resume. And and also like for what's worth listeners and comedy nerds, uh, pick up that spade memoir um, or like download it, listen to the audiobook. It's actually a lot of fun and he has all kinds of cool stories. 
Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's really it's really it's a it's a fun read. Um, but yeah, I guess if that uh, if that's if that's all we have to say, I guess that that does us for Joe Dirt. Um, it's exciting to have an episode that's not too much longer than the movie that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> um, but no, and and for once, you know, it's not it's not because we had a lack of you know enthusiasm. It's it's just like you know, like it's pretty straightforward. It does what it says on the tin. It's a good time, um, Joe Dirt. That is. Um, so yeah, I guess our next episode we will be covering Dickie Roberts' former child star, um, which I have never like, seen ever. Oh, yeah. I saw in I saw in theaters when it came out, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look this up. I could be totally wrong, and I'll correct myself on air if this is wrong. But if I'm not mistaken, I remember when Dickie Roberts' former child star came out. It had it was the lowest grossing movie to open at number one in like several years up to that point. So it was like a September 2003 release, and it opened to number one, but it was like nine million dollars or something and if i'm not mistaken because i'm all about context in this podcast if i'm not mistaken it took until the pandemic year for a movie to open at number one and have an opening weekend lower than dickie roberts former child star so it's this weird thing where it opened at number one higher than any other movie that weekend but like basically no one went to the movies that weekend (laughs) yeah i remember that i remember that specific headline back in the day um and i mean it it kind of like that's kind of his last like starring role like it when not in an ensemble exactly yeah exactly he didn't he didn't really have um because i i want to say after that he started um because he was he went back to tv there for a while he went back he did um what's it called um Eight rules. Eight simple for eight rules for dating my team. Yeah, because after John Ritter died, it basically they brought on like James Garner and David Spade. To, it, it, am I right about that? I think, y- yeah, y- yeah. I, I remember Garner, but wow, I had forgotten about Spade's involvement. Yeah, so Spade Spade comes onto that show and rides it to the end, basically. Like he's like the uh, like the one of the main cast members. Um, and so, and, and so he has, so, you know, he has Dickie Roberts in 03 and then three years later, he's in the bench warmers, which made money. I mean, it made more money than Joe Dirt. Um, certainly. There was also um, Rules of Engagement, um, which was a right. seven season running sitcom. Um, I don't know if anyone's you know has thought about it once since it you know went off the air, but you know. But dude, but dude has never he's never stopped working. Like yeah, he's been he's been acting and like been. I mean, honestly, like quite successful in 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 TV. Like when he's like gone to do that. Um, I mean, we didn't even mention that, you know we didn't even mention that like he's hosted The Bachelorette. I mean, that was post like you know Joe Dirt two probably, but like. You know, he's he's you know, he, he has a lot of TV work that we we aren't necessarily covering here. And so it is sort of misleading to talk about like, well, yeah, it is correct. Dickie Roberts is sort of the last theatrical leading man, certainly from Happy Madison, but like theatrical leading man performance in general when he's not like the co-lead in Benchwarmers or Grown Ups. Um so yeah, we but you know it's not the end of our you know we we have more we have several more Spade films after Dickie Dickie Roberts but it's an interesting uh, it is sort of interesting to to reach that point and be like oh okay well like that was sort of the end of the you know we definitely hit a hard wall with Schneider as a leading man 
Um, and, you know, it sort of happens for, for Spade as well. Um, and, you know, we, we, I know we have Kevin James, Kevin James might be the last series that we have after Spade because he's got like four or five movies to watch, um, from Happy Madison that he is the lead in, um, but yeah, it's interesting. So I don't know, I guess I don't know if Kevin James is like necessarily like hit that wall or if like there's still a chance he could have like a theatrically released starring role. Anyway. Yeah. He just had that one this year. Um, home team. Yeah. Which is a happy Madison movie. So we have to review it. So we have yeah. to like, we have to do that for, I say that like it's a chore. It's not, you know, I love my happy Madison movies, but um, yeah. So we'll, we'll end up covering that. Um and so, yeah, so we continue to dial, delve deeper into the, the the spade corner of the Happy Madison uh, multiverse. And, uh, you know, it's exciting times. Still still not too many, you know, there's not enough. Well, I guess Jared Hurt had a crossover, you know. If, you know, you know how there was that Pixar theory of like how all the Pixar movies could be in one universe? Right. Maybe that could, maybe we could come up with that. We could, do, listeners, write in. Let us know your theories about the Happy Madison multiverse. Um, you know, tell us what you think about how, you know, if Farmer Fran is in Joe Dirt and in Waterboy, you know, what does that imply for the other, you know, what does that imply for the universe of both Waterboy and Joe Dirt? Um, and, and how, you know, like, is there going to be a moment where a portal opens and the house bunny steps out with, you know, Kate Beckinsale's character from Click and Veronica Vaughn, et cetera. Um, things to chew on, things to ponder. You know, maybe while you're watching Joe Dirt for the second or third time. <laughs> um, so anyways, we will let you find folks go. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always, we really, really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, and we will be back soon enough with our Dickie Roberts former Chop Star episode. Um, thank you so much. Uh, as always, I'm Wilson Smith. This was Chris Giles. And Austin Colt. We will see you next time. Stay safe out there. Be well. Have a great night.